0: Welcome to the Cannabis Data Science Meetup Group. Thrilled to have you all here. This is a round table for all of you brilliant minds to come together and I'll I'll join you too. And we can talk about cannabis data and various scientific ways that we can analyze the data. Why? Well, the cannabis industry has been moving forward. It's going through turbulent times. And the way I say is "There we can let the politicians politic. We can let the lawyers that practice law and all of that jazz. What can we add to the table? We can calculate statistics. And I think that adds an extraordinary amount to the picture. So today, once again, we'll put a bunch of really cool statistics in your pocket because that's what I do. I just start calculating most basic statistics and work my way up. And I love presenting to all of you because I actually want your red ink. So please be super critical of my work because this is just like a, a first draft, a rough draft of some data analytics. And the way any good writer gets better is by getting critiqued by an editor. So please view yourselves as critical editors and then if you ever have any research that you want to bring here and get critiqued by a you know friendly group of peers you're welcome to. So so that's sort of the the mission of the group. So just going to if you want I always do this so let me know if this is ever painful but I always find it's pretty fun just to go around and let everybody just maybe say a quick word for themselves and maybe what you're working on this week or anything you want to see added to the table any data that you're after anything at all so i may may actually go in reverse order today um if that's okay with everybody just uh kind of interested so uh, ruth if you've got your microphone um set up we'd love to to hear about some of the things You want to bring to the picture that way we can let some of uh, the newer members speak and then we can let the the veterans have their say also you may just be muted this time around
1: okay there we go perfect um no real data issues to report i'm giving a talk tomorrow on um evolution of science and technology in cannabis and how I think the research into medical cannabis is going to be end up being like penicillin and it will have wide ranging uh, implications for many other disciplines um, and throughout society. So I'm excited about that and um, but no real data work to report.
0: It's cool that you bring that up because we can't forget about the medical side of the picture. And as I'll show you today, I don't think it's going anywhere. We've got the teeniest bit of of data points that we can actually begin to actually uncover a little bit about medical cannabis. So I just scraped the surface so there's actually more for you to, to dive into. So cool data today. Thanks for joining me. Caleb. I know you're we're interested in you know strains, right? You're running copyright or not copyright? copyright, Copy left cultivars. Coincidentally, we'll be talking about a few cultivars today. We'd love to go a bit further in depth. So once again, we'll just scrape the surface. So this is something you can go much deeper on. But once again, we'd love to hear about what you want to put on the table
2: for today. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I've just been working uh, on refining the intake system uh, for our the end, the database for the galaxy that we're working on. We're working on a copyleft protected open source public collaboration galaxy where we can have systems for open collaboration and breeding, as well as sharing trait and gene information that can lead towards openly sharing the benefits of that. In breeding, in understanding the meaning of the gene, t- and even like being able to build that out. So um, I've been working kind of on the back end there. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I just finished my workout right before this. So, But anyways, uh, we're also working with this app that uh, the University of Kansas put together and uh, modifying that in tandem with them uh, to be usable in the field for cannabis growers to document all that information that I just said, get it into our galaxy. So, I've been pretty deep into that work this last week, as well as um, we're building a bot, um, an AI powered chat bot that has uh, natural farming and agriculture beta and similar um, information there. I'm working with people like maybe in Thailand, in Ghana, other places to see if it, we can hone it in for their farmers um cannabis included but that's mo- more broadly just for plants in general and uh more organic farming techniques so yeah really? that's really what I've been uh, deep on I'm excited to see the data though and and chit chat and you know I love networking in this space and building these connections moving this open science along so thanks for bringing us all here to collaborate
0: I love it tons of ideas but I'll let Ruth chime in so I don't steal the show That's
1: that's really interesting. I'm interested in understanding um, Are if you're looking at strain genetics and profiles and stuff, are you seeing an increase in variety or decrease in variety? So are we seeing essentially more incestuousness or are we actually getting more variety out there?
2: So that's a great question. That's one of the questions that we hope to answer, but the real the real down in the dirt answer is uh, that we just don't know. And there's a, even like been a number of papers attempting to do this that uh, in the papers tend to also admit that we just don't have the data to know that. And so a lot of what we're trying to do at Copy Loaf Cultivars is create the systems where the community can then get the data together and then we can figure out the real answers to those questions and more questions.
1: Now, are you looking at at data just within the country? Are you, I mean, you mentioned like Ghana and I mean, certainly in a lot of areas in Europe, um, I've seen studies done and they tend to focus on, you know, there's studies done out of, uh, was it like Amsterdam or Sweden or something, trying to look at kind of the the variety uh, in the plants there, but they tend to go into one area Uh, And get a sampling there and I'd be interested almost like in a global sampling is anything like that being done.
2: Yeah, it seems like you're thinking along the same line that we're doing. Um, So our perspective is a little bit different, you know, talking. uh, We kind of came out of a community. Uh, series of meetings, open meetings, and uh, there were researchers, there were people who had kind of been burned out by the Phylos incident, there were like all of these different interests, there were people um, from... Uh, the highlands of Tibet and in Thailand and so we have like lots of different influences in the formation and we decided that our approach should be entirely open and uh, so we're not going in and getting a data set we're creating a system that anyone can put their data into and know that it won't be hijacked that it will be kept in these open source systems where we can't even as the holders of it lock it down because of the licensing terms.
1: Can you put a link to kind of your site or whatever it is that you're doing into the notes? So and I would love to share that with other people. I'm sure a lot of people would be very interested in that. And thank you very much for doing that.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a big passion and also it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, yeah, it's copyleftcultivars.com. So I'll put that there in the chat. Yeah, we're super um, just open collaboration themed, so um, feel free to reach out, you know, I I don't want to drag the meeting too far into kind of recruiting or networking for the nonprofit, because I know we have some really cool information also that Keegan has brought. But uh, yeah, I want to be super open also to anybody who wants to jump in and be involved with the work we're doing.
0: This is the fun thing about the meetup, because we can actually go off road. So, right, there's no reason we have to stay on the agenda um we don't have to stay on the trail and I think you're doing a much more rigorous job at this because Ruth asked a super interesting question which is you know what's going on with the diversity in cannabis like so I guess you would think genetic diversity so of course you need to do some genetic testing but what came to my mind is we could estimate perhaps what's going on and once again, we don't have genetic data, but we have strain data. And so that's what I'll share with you today. And so what we could just do, this is more of just a product count versus a diversity count, but you could just count all the unique strains at every that are tested in any given month and see if that's going up or down. Once again, that doesn't necessarily mean diversity is going up or down because you may just have and I'll show you later, you may have like runts and white runts and yellow runts and all of that jazz. So that so just because there's a proliferation of strain names doesn't mean diversity is going up or down. But any Yasha, you have some thoughts?
3: Yeah, I want to second what everyone, what everyone else is saying. Um, I think what you're working on is really cool. And Copy Left is an excellent name. Um, and to back up what Keegan is saying, Uh, I really like the concept of when when you have something that you're the first to measure, if you can measure it from multiple different approaches. One is from the data and strain names. Another one could be from uh, the bouquet of compounds found uh, within the the open data. A third is genetic testing. I don't know what else, maybe just like uh, culturally, what are people talking about more? What comes up more as mentioned in terms of uh, strains? But there may be multiple sources that point at the same thing that could make um, the work that much more certain.
2: I like the idea of having compounds as identifiers. That's a great one. Yeah, we're actually currently working on with the app, trying to figure out how we make those parts um, collectible, so to speak. Since it was built for like corn, you know, for example, field crops like that. But um, yeah, that's I I love that as a as a possible identifier as well. and yeah, the strain name idea is a great one, and I think you can also use tools like uh, seed finder or like we have a project going where we're web scraping seed finder and a bunch of other sites like that that already have creative commons repositories of strain names, and like their parents listed, and then we're putting it in Gephi, which is a data visualizer uh, that does the network graphs, and you can build. Uh, like these genealogy networks and so you can actually be like okay so all these strains are in this cluster so they're not very diverse at least by self-reported data not always the most accurate but then at least it's what we've got right and then we can take that and uh and then be like oh but these strains over here are in like a list like what keegan's gonna go over and uh and oh those ones are actually like very unique they're not in this cluster or they're not in our galaxy at all like that there's i think that's an interesting way to pursue that line of questioning
0: ruth you may want to go because i've (laughs) sparked so many good ideas here
1: yeah uh, well i just i just read an article and i posted a link to it um in the comments they discovered a new class um in addition to terpenes called flavorants which are adding, you know, supplementing and, and distinguishing uh, the the smells, and and they think the effects because they said if you look across strains, you have plants with very different terpene or with similar terpenes are creating different effects. So this is yet another differentiator, and we know that they're finding all new, um, I guess, markers uh, for. They're trying still trying to figure out how how different compounds create their effects and what are the important ingredients. And, you know, first we start with cannabinoids and then we moved on to terpenes and I've heard of flavonoids, but I just heard about flavorants and it's just, I'll stop there. I'll go on forever if I don't.
0: (laughs) I found the first batch of COAs that had flavonoids on them. We've been collecting Florida COAs, haven't parsed them yet, or maybe, may have uh we're moving so quick uh it's hard to uh right that's why i'm it's all hands on deck and i love having your help here because i only have so much time to even look at the data so a lot of the data goes unlooked at but we are collecting coas from florida and i have noticed that some of not all but some of the tests do have flavonoids on there so that's going to be a whole nother suite of compounds we're going to have to think about how to collect and standardize. And then the other thought that goes in line with both Caleb and Yasha's thought is that's an even better idea than looking at the number of unique strains by month, is somehow think of a metric that encapsulates the diversity of chemicals you're measuring i don't even know what it would be but i'm sure there would be some statistical uh, some statistic which is basically i don't know variance or something maybe you just look at but i don't know how you would do it cross compound um so maybe that's something for you all to kind of research you know what statistical concept could encapsulate just the like, could we somehow measure just the total variation of chemicals we're seeing on a month by month basis so, so that's a big a big concept so that yasha that and caleb brilliant ideas we'll have to investigate that further so i don't think we can do that today we may be able to off-road with the strain names by month so we'll i will try to sa- save time to do that Ooh. and then actually final thought and then uh, larissa and candace i don't want to leave you out of the picture so i'll let you uh, jump in but final thought is hey look what's cool is i'll get you a large data set today but it's kind of lacking in data points so the data set we have today it's got like strain name total thc um and that's pretty much it and when it was tested What you could do is, what I'd love to do, is augment data sets. You would take this data set and augment it with your own strain data. And it's gonna be imperfect, right? You would love to actually have those samples tested for terpenes. But I don't know. Um, I think any measure is better than no measure. And so basically what you're augmenting with it or would basically be averages. So you, for example, we've got blue dream tested. So, you know, what if you augmented that with just the average terpene values you've seen for blue dream? Great. Yeah, I, I know that I, yeah, I, I love you. I love your red ink. So jump in, Yasha. <laughs>
3: right um there, there's just so much to say about this I think it's a fascinating project. Uh, I know that a huge number of flowers that are sold are not um, two flowers that are sold as blue dream may have nothing to do with each other genetically or through their compounds but what I do believe we would see is a cluster of uh, samples being nearly identical within blue dream and maybe those can be identified as okay let's let's call this you know a1, and then uh, many other clusters like that. Listen, I, I I would talk about this all day. I'll I'll stop. But there's <laughs> one one more thing that um, a single strain may have slightly or significantly different uh, analytes based on its age and growing conditions. But I do believe that we likely have enough data through off-the-shelf testing and open data that would be able to show like what is a single strain and how broad can we how how broad does it go with intestine thank you
0: you're you're 100 correct and basically what you're harking on is there's going to be error right as soon as we estimate i mean as soon as we introduce estimates there's going to be error and the error may be non-negligible there could be strong biases there's a lot going on so what i would hope is if you say you were going to do that would love a large sample size because as we've mentioned you know the law of large numbers but i don't know if that would necessarily get rid of any bias so the bias may be baked in but why would i even do that Uh, well I would just want basically just a rough idea. So today we'll look at the, like say the top 20 strains in Michigan. And you know, wouldn't it be cool to just know just approximately what is the chemical profile of these top strains. Unfortunately, we don't have the actual terpene data. It's not it may not it may not have been measured. Those products were grown sold smoked they're gone <laughs> so we can't even measure them for terpenes anymore so it's what do we do when there's missing data the best we can do is estimate but but once again the the, the bias and error may be so great it may be not worthwhile so good considerations all around but caleb you have some thoughts and then Larissa and candace i'll let you chime in if you if you
2: want to, yeah, sorry to continue this rabbit hole, but I just thought maybe about the missing data that um, the consumers may also not have that information, and so it, the relevance for consumer choice may not be super high because they may be making the decision based on the perception of the strain, which is what we have the data of. That's a
0: phenomenal, phenomenal point. I don't even know all the implications but it's definitely a thing um you know people definitely say that they could go and ask for a blue dream that one's maybe a bit more standard but like so like something like a like gmo like that could be all over the board like in my opinion um i but uh but anywho, uh, those are just opinions we can get to the data here in a second but but larissa don't want to you don't have to be put on the spot but if you want to chime in and put anything on the table for today you're welcome to basically we're talking about lab tests cannabis data and specifically i have a big data set from michigan to share with you today and, and you're also welcome to just listen in and so So just interrupt forcefully if you want to at any point. But Candice, do you have anything you want to put on the table for today?
1: I don't have anything. I think this is great, though. You know, uh, being able to pick a product based on chemical profile versus uh, somebody coming up with strain names would be a, a great future
3: for patients and consumers.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that it harks back to... What's the point of all of this? Why are we on this whole rabbit? Uh, Why are we down this rabbit hole in the first place? Well, what data do we have? It's often, like we said, just the strain name. And if you go to the store, you're gonna see strain names and the THC numbers. But as we've mentioned, What's more important and what we think is the actual causal effect, right? It's not that a product was named Blue Dream that it's having a certain effect, but it's actually the chemicals you're consuming. So that's basically what we're after. And as always, we think, you know, from from my economics uh, training or schooling that the better information consumers have then they'll be able to make better decisions and on average they'll live happier lives um so so that so that's all and so that's why copyleft cultivars caleb you're doing a really good deed is by simply getting that information out there you should be helping people make better decisions right not everybody's going to look at the data but the ones that are interested you know they should be able to look at the data if they want to but i didn't do the best job saying uh the mission but but hopefully i you all have your own missions as well and this is in, in accordance with them but on that note instead of me just being long-winded and speaking do you want to actually see the data we have here so That could be quite fun. So let me share my screen with you. So instead of just, right, that's what's fun here, is instead of just talk, 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 we can actually look at the data. So last week, we were fortunate enough to be able to see the data from Massachusetts. And today, we're fortunate to be able to see the total THC numbers for these products in Michigan. And we've got a time range here dating from, here I'll um, print it out here in one second. It's roughly the third quarter of 2020 through the end of 2022. Don't have a ton of data, but we basically have an indicator if it's medical or adult use. We know which lab tested it. Everything I believe is marked. actually, there's various types of categories. And so this is in fact a place for further data cleaning, if any of you all are interested. but
3: you can I apologize to me if I interrupt really quick. Please. Uh, So so two quick things. I actually have to jump off in a minute. Um, I I will be looking for this video later. Uh, And just so you're aware, uh, total THC in Michigan is defined as uh, 0.877 times THCA plus delta-9 THC plus delta-8 THC, just so that when you compare it to other states, that's how.
0: Can you say that one more time, please?
3: Mm -hmm. So it's decarboxylated THCA. Okay. Plus delta nine THC plus delta eight THC.
0: Okay, so it also has delta eight THC.
3: Which, but that's so rare that it shouldn't make any difference.
0: Yeah, it's you. From my understanding, that one was usually less than point 0.1% um, yeah. when we observed it. So, so it, that will bias the numbers up, but just the, just a hair. Yeah. Um, but that, but that's a really good note, and that's why, as a data scientist, it's worthwhile. To wear many caps, and one of the caps you want to wear is historian slash re- well, you you are a researcher, but you know you want to be digging through all the testing regulations and figure out things like that because they can have big implications. But good find, Yasha. But I'll I'll move quick here. But long story short, we've got data from the end of June, 2020. And then the last observation was the beginning of 2023. So I'll start limiting the time range further along. But real quick, really just going to focus on, of course, total THC today. So I'll I'll leave all the cool terpenes to Caleb. But what can we do with this, this limited number of data points? So once again, I think we can go pretty far with this. So what do we have here? We have 80,000 samples that were tested in this time range. And let's just start visualizing them. So we just have tons of visualizations for you today. So we'll just start going through them one by one. For whatever reason, the plotting doesn't take my style right away. Um, so, here's where we were in 2020 with about a thousand tests per month and you notice while it has been turbulent times in the cannabis industry in michigan michigan has seen what i would say is substantial growth over the past two and a half years and we still need to know what's going on this year, right? It's 2023. But we'll you know we'll see that data when the time comes. But this is this is what you want to see in a market, right? This is that's growth, right? If you're a lab in Michigan, that's a lot of revenue for you. And then as always, we say that the number of tests is essentially a proxy for the supply. once again it's it's an imperfect estimate because you know batch sizes may be changing, right? Maybe maybe they're still producing the same amount of cannabis, but they're just making it in smaller batches. But if you go under the assumption that batch size is staying the same during this time period, then you would think, okay, tests are growing. Ruth had mentioned medical cannabis, and we can actually break this into to two pieces here the, the adult use versus the medical. And w- with, I'll let you all make your own interpretations of this, but what with, with I interpret. This is, right, they're both around 500 tests per month in the beginning. And I think maybe the medical and adult use, right, combined were just filling the entire supply of Michigan. And maybe there was kind of some overlap, maybe some adult use consumers were getting medical Maybe some medical consumers are getting adult use. um, Maybe a little bit of crossover. And so I think what you see is maybe you see the, the rise of adult, the rise in the market, and that's mostly going to adult use. And it looks to me like maybe the people that there were some people buying medical and they may have transitioned to buying adult use. But it looks like there's, you know, it may kind of reach almost like a steady state there of, you know, around 500 or so medical tests per month. So that's kind of my interpretation of this, is there is basically like a baseline medical community, but maybe, you know, in the early days, you know, maybe um, some people were, were seeking adult use, but they were classified as medical. Um so that's my interpretation of it. Do any of you want to chime in on your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I so, yeah, um you see this exact same pattern in every state that opens up and this is a little misleading because in every state you have medical comes first, mm-hmm. medical predates for usually a couple of years and medical use takes off and then as soon as rec use comes in medical use starts to level off and then it declines and it essentially dies and the adult use ends up essentially killing off medical because all the focus and resource resources switch away from medical and it's very unfortunate um but it's, I mean, it's the reality. And and what's interesting here is I have exact same graphs on sales and it looks identical. So in this case, yes, the tests are a very good proxy for total revenues. But again, you see see this exact same picture in every state.
0: Good, good point. I would just like to say, you know, I wouldn't count the medical market out yet. Um, You know, it's maybe still about, you know, to a quarter the size of the adult use market so anything that large is non-negligible and um and this is actually i guess more than 500 it's between 500 and a thousand but but ruth unfortunately i think you do speak some truth in that you're right if if say you did get into business to produce medical cannabis you know that would be you know taking taking a hit. Um but but yes I I, I want, I'm gonna to have to research more about the licensing because I wonder is it possible for a license to produce both medical and adult use cannabis or do you have to produce specifically for one type?
1: That varies by state and the laws have changed over time and Early on, they said to growers, you have to you have to designate which plants are medical and which are, are recreational, and they kept them separate throughout the pipeline, so the supply chain. But I think there's intermingling. You also have differences by state um, with big implications. And for example, in California, what you see is the people involved in medical tend to do everything medical, and they're very different companies uh, and organizations from people involved in rec. However, in other states, most other states, as I said, you start off with medical and the first licensees are medical and then the medical licensees get priority when they open up to adult use. So the medical licensees are also adult use uh, growers and dispensers. And this is kind of creating a problem because in new states, you have a lot of organizations go in there and the money is in adult use, and they don't really care about medical, but they go in at medical in order to get the priority for when they open up to adult use. There's a huge amount of gaming going on, um, but there's, there's huge implications for, as I said, for resources available um, for medical users and adult use users, and essentially all the money is in adult use, so the, the resources very quickly get fo- focused and shift over to adult use. And one last thing is, um, I believe that when they did the Booker Schumer Booker Schumer Wyman proposal or whatever, this was kind of an iteration back on what the national um,
3: okay.
1: bill for uh, for for legalizing cannabis federally looked like. My understanding is that whole bill, however long it was, didn't include the word patient once. So. Even the federal government isn't really focused on that. And my belief is that all medical use is going to end up being pushed into the pharma industry and the pharma model, which personally I'm no fan of, but I think that's where it's going.
0: It's definitely something that's going to have to be addressed at some point, Ruth, because as you pointed out, this has big implications because you're kind of like yo-yoing around these medical patients and consumers um
1: the problem is that if you look at and this would be a very interesting analysis is if you go and if you look at all the coas that are labeled for medical and that are labeled for adult use and you compare them the adult the adult use is focused on high thc Mm -hmm. cannabis but the medical have much more variety And, you know, there's much lower THC and there's higher ratios of CBD to THC. And there's just, and so the problem is, is when you get pushed over to adult use, you lose all that variety that the medical users need in order to address a particular conditions.
0: Actually, let's go off-roading because, Ruth, you just raised the most, one of the most critical, one of the most interesting things. Um, So I i'll have to maybe circle back for some of this analysis on on labs for, for yasha's sake because i'm sure yasha will find this interesting but but actually ruth we can once again it's just a one hour meetup after all so we can only get so far so you know don't take my analysis as gospel but what we can do is chalk out how you could actually begin to analyze that because remember we've got strain data here we have total thc here and we have medical classification so we can see are there you know more or less um, medical strains maybe relative to the number of tests So we talked about diversity um, in strains. Well, it could vary between medical and adult use. And then two, we can check out the total THC numbers. Um, Actually, let's do that right now. Um, so, So first, before we get into the conditionals, here's just the unconditional average THC and remember Yasha's uh, point that this includes Delta 82. Um Okay, so let's put the the medical on the, the side burner for now. But this is the, we'll do some off roading because that's more fun anyways. But here's the the total THC. Cool, we've seen that distribution before. Um, just the, the, the only note is the, the 99th percentile is actually similar to what we observed in Massachusetts. The mean actually may be similar too, but maybe slightly higher. Ooh. And actually, this is just the, when the, the first condition we've added. But here's the distributions between medical thc and adult use thc and um if you look at it's actually it's actually kind of interesting if we look at year by year Uh, but this this one is for 2022 and so you can actually do a a t-test to see if they're you know statistically different Um, but I think it's just that we have just a giant sample size. So it's maybe easy to see to conclude that things are different. But it could be that the difference may not actually be that much. Um, can you get
1: a can you get a count? And also can you do C B D instead of THC?
0: We don't actually have C B D here, unfortunately. Um I wonder if we could do that one in Washington. But here I'll get you the count for them real quick. Um I think we have 10,000 medical samples and 33,000 adult use samples in 2022.
1: That's a, that's a decent uh percentage for the medical. So I'm I'm surprised that they're that close. We're,
0: yeah, well michigan's a super interesting market michigan's one uh, a mark so this phrase gets used a lot these days that oh people are sleeping on something well people were sleeping on michigan in the sense that it's not your traditional east coast market and it's not your traditional west coast market either like the the west coast markets like california oregon washington and colorado i mean think there those markets are quite mature at this stage and you you kind of saw like some pretty like like there are a lot of companies there but there's definitely some big big players there and then the east coast was way is much different because the story there is just regulations but right like from my understanding right, really competitive maybe to get a license like maybe in massachusetts super difficult to get a license in florida and then you know you've got
1: the difference between the the left coast and the right coast the east and west ten, the west coast is generally unintegrated you're allowed to integrate but you're not required and in almost every case on the east coast you're required to be vertically integrated so on the on the west in uh, colorado california oregon washington michigan you have hundreds or thousands of licensees whereas in the East, you only have tens of licensees because you you end up with a few large companies um, because they're they're required to be vertically integrated. And that creates a hugely different dynamic in all respects.
0: And, and exactly. And then so Michigan just didn't fit either of those models. In fact, its history goes back to I think they originally there was a lot of small time growers who were maybe were doing mostly medical. Um, from my understanding, there was like just a lot of medical plots, you know of like, you know the 100, 100 plants or what have you. Um, so I think I think yeah, you know, medical I think was there first in Michigan, and it's had a long history. So it's not like people there are inexperienced. So you have a bunch of highly experienced growers that were starting at a lot of small businesses. Um, and actually now, now is a good time to show this. Um, so like, for example, like look at the number of labs in Michigan. Like there's there's 24 labs in Michigan. And it's just not really, of course, like they're dominated by a, a couple of them, But, you know, like I think in Washington, we're down, you know, there's maybe fewer than 10 labs now. Um, So it's, uh, like I said, uh, me included, I was just sleeping on Michigan. They just, it's a, I mean, we saw it earlier with the, the, this chart here with the rise in adult use. It's a pretty, it's a pretty vibrant market there um, for medical too. So it's so long story short. Um, don't, don't discount the market in Michigan. Um, okay. So where were we though? Oh yeah, there was, um, let's get back to the strains instead of just, uh, talking uh, so highly about Michigan. Uh, ba, 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 ba. okay. So we're looking at the THC, we noticed that there may or may not be a difference between THC with adult use and medical. And my hypothesis there is maybe still either the overlap, or here is actually my better my better hypothesis: the labs don't know how to handle medical, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's you know they're they're basically just the labs. I think are just testing maybe everything the same. Um, but, uh, actually, that's not a really good good hypothesis. I just realized because the medical growers would maybe select lower THC varieties. But um, Okay, I don't know. That wasn't a very good idea. So maybe I'll move on to the next chart here, unless anyone else has any um, thoughts, comments, questions. But here's here's just one chart that would just be pertinent to show. Once again, this is is something that's come up a lot in prior meetups, so I don't want to spend too, too much time on it other than than point it out and then I kind of want to move on to the strains. But just, you know, here's just the the average THC in Michigan around the, the 21%, and you see some labs testing higher than average and some labs actually testing much lower than average and i actually is lab four, Oh, there's lab four so basically i just wanted to to make one comment here is basically if you look at this chart here so keep in mind so basically look at these two charts side by side so you've got the average THC by lab, and then you have the, the total number of lab tests. And so what you see here is, you know, lab lab one and lab nine, they do have large market shares, you know, and they are testing quite above average. But what's interesting is lab four, you know, lab four has a large market share and they're testing, you know, just about average. So basically my comment there is, there may be just a lot of cultivators out there who just truly want a good measure of their products. You know, they're just like, okay, like, you know, enough is enough of the high THC numbers. I actually just want like a good measure of what I'm growing. Um, So, So I just kind of wanted to point that out, that this one lab has pretty much, like their average pretty much matches the average in the market. And remember what we were saying about sort of the law of large numbers, and this is like the rule about the consensus, is let a bunch of people measure something and then the average is kind of close to the true average so so basically in my opinion you know the closer you are to this red line which could be biased then you know the the closer you are to being accurate and so so i don't know just wanted to to hark on you know good good job for lab for, for being close to accurate and have a high market share so anywho back to the strains though because that's sort of the more fun topic because both caleb and ruth you had pertinent questions and statistics that you're after there okay caleb this is where i asked chat gpt to write me a quick function but this is just to get the job done for today this is in no way a substitute for what you're doing so basically what the the problem here is is if we look at the product name it is wild you know you've got buds by sensi star you know triangle mints buds um this one's got underscores in it. One hundred GMO crasher bulk flour. Ideally, we could identify the strain name out of this, right? This is GMO crasher, uh, probably. You know, this one's probably pineapple express. Um, so on and so forth. And it looks like I even made a mistake here because i know, I, know, I think our archive is on our list but it looks like this one's actually mac banger so long story short is just getting the strain name out of the product name is a non trivial task and so this function will imperfectly do work for today but we've we've had whole meetups in the past talking about how how in the world are we going to get these strain names because caleb that's kind of at the the heart of this is right you're sourcing like known strain names but there could be unknown strains that are out there that you can identify but you, you know, you may have to identify them from data like this, which is, you know, an absolute mess. You you know, what if nobody's documented GMO Skittles before? Like, why would we want to leave that undocumented just because it's got a little bit of noise in the product name? Okay, so you all move quick since we're, we're, we only have so much time left. Okay, so long story short, gonna just add the the strain name and it's going to be imperfect here but you can see that this is at least better than it was so dinosaur food that's a cool one never heard of that strain before oreos groundhog day so so this is just a way that we can start accumulating strain names because that's a challenge we've had is just finding like an original way to get strain names but why why are we even doing this well check this out once again this is going to be imperfect but you can start to just count the number of strains and these are some of the classic strains that we see over and over again right wedding cake just i don't know what about what what it is about it i think it must just be really easy to grow but it must also be a popular seller so caleb this is why i was saying that if you were able to augment your terpene data like that's what you could try to explain like why are these the top strains in Michigan? Once again, as in, like I'm going to use strains in quotation marks because you know what you know what is a strain, um, so to speak, right? See here's the the archive, which I think is actually the Mac. Um, so, long story short, this is what's growing and here's where we can get really cool with it and maybe even try to go off road real quick um uh, here in fact while i'm talking about this chart i'll show you basically how i code these days so basically how i code these days is right i've got a to do here we want to look at the you know adult use versus medical top strains so you know theoretically i could just um and don't let me bore you to death with this but basically i just go to chat gpt and i would just say something like uh you know can you you know visualize the top through you know the average total THC by top strains for medical products, you know, versus adult. Uh, Let's just do medical products for now. Um so chat GPT will be working on this one. Um, and then we'll see how close they uh, how close they get. So long story short, here are you know the top strains in Michigan and the one thing i would like to point out to you is you do see some strains of course you know testing well above average right so you know Cushmints, gmo even wedding cake you know they're they're probably significantly above average but what's What's cool is you actually see some here, like like remember we talked about Blue Dream earlier. You do see some strains that are, I mean, Blue Dream is significantly, <laughs> and probably statistically below average. You know, it's a good two and a half percentage points. Actually, maybe even, maybe even, um, maybe it could be close to 3%, oh yeah so the average is about 21 and a half percent well so it's almost four percent lower in average total thc on average than the other strains And an orange creamsicle pure michigan and this one franklin fields are also all you know a, a good bit below average and so this is maybe a, a an interesting signal that total THC may not be all there is to the picture, right? If it was, then no one would ever pick Blue Dream, right? Blue Dream made it onto the top 20 despite having a below average total THC. So, so this is... Caleb, this is an opportunity for you, is why is Blue Dream a top seller? P- people would love to know why. You know, why is Pure Michigan a top seller? This is what people are trying to figure out, right? Everybody's getting plants in the ground. They want to know what plants are going to be successful. Um. You know, and, you know, consumers too, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to know what all the different strains there are in the market. Okay, so real quick, let's just see real quick if ChatGPT was able to make any, Wasn't a, they, they, they weren't able to, to do it for us. So let's see if real quick, if you have just a quick five minutes to add, I promised we'd go off-road. So let's see if we can't find the top 20 medical strains and their average THC. Okay. Um, So we're going to need to do something like this. But first, we want to make sure that we're only getting medical products so, so so let's just try this so so and once again when you go off road you know we may spin our tires but it, it may work out um so let's see medical um let's just call this medical so let's just see if this works um Okay, so we have 8,000 strains. Let's just take a look at this and just see what's going on with this. Um, okay, so we've got products here. Got the strain name. Okay, um, we should just be able to more or less just copy and paste the, the rest of this code and then we can you know change it to, to medical And then this should more or less work. And we we did it without chat GPT. Okay, so this is medical here. And then basically I'm just replacing sub sample with medical. And then that should do the trick. So over, and then I'll just change some of the titles here. So overall medical, medical, um, overall 99th percentile medical THC um, so, average for the top 20 medical strains. Um, so, Michigan average turtle strain, right? in, um, in medical, the top 20 medical. Uh, okay, and there we have it. We've hopefully answered a brand new question here. Oh, no. Um, ba, 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 the strain counts is this last thing I need. Um, uh, ba, ba, ba. okay, one second, we may be able to do this. Um, would love to be able to do this for you. Sorry if I'm boring you. Cross our fingers. And we now know the top 20. Oh, look, I misspelled it. So we'll just bear with that for the time being. So check this out. Here are the top 20 medical strains and check this out. Here, Ruth, you may be interested in this. And and Caleb too. What you know, what could potentially explain the difference between the why medical patients are favoring certain strains over why adult use patients are favoring certain strains. You see Wedding Cake and Gorilla Glue still high on the chart. Orange Creamsicle has gone way up. Blue Dream has moved its rank up. Michigan's moved its rank up. And you see this uh, these two other strains that are below average THC, Russian Snow and batched, which I've got a feeling i botched that strain name so that's that's wild and then check this out you also see these two strains uh the, the cush was on the top 20 before but check this one out you now have the s the S V uh, what's it called SFV og the san fernando valley og testing at a whopping 27 percent total thc so that's that's wild right there um but um but i i may have gone a little over and want to be respectful of all of everybody's time so i, I may go ahead and stop presenting but we'd love to to get any of your thoughts there. Did you find this analysis interesting? Was there anything that comes to mind? Do you see any fruitful avenues for further research? Love to get your input real quick if anyone wants to chime in.
1: I so you oh, got hungry. You're looking at THC and I agree that's important, but there's other aspects there too. And so I think that if you were to say, well, why are these so popular? You need to dig past THC. And that would probably explain it. Help explain it.
2: Yeah, i had similar thoughts with that too. Uh, That was kind of where I was going is, it's a really nuanced question, right? And so there's a lot of factors and then, there's the factors that are like quantifiable. And then there are some pretty non-quantifiable or hard to quantify elements like social elements, right? We've got like uh, did Lil Wayne talk about gelato in a song, right? I mean that just like totally skews everything. So there's a lot of layers to that question. But I like the avenue. I also think price, if we could get metric price data from that same time frame, and then ratio the strains based on the average price in that time frame. We would get a lot of great information on whether consumers were simply making an economics decision, and those were like easy to uh, produce and market uh, affordable strains.
0: I love the ideas, and this is what brilliant statisticians have fun at lunch talking about. And what you're basically talking about is what do we pack into x you know what's our explanatory variable we're, we're trying to explain in this case is just number of tests and that's our proxy for popularity how do we explain that right now our only explanatory variable is thc doesn't seem like that's all there is to the picture This is why I would love to, you know, augment the average terpene values, see if those matter. I love, Caleb, you had the idea, add price. You know, as an economist, I should be, I should have thought of that one, Um, right? Uh, Everything's a a function of price. Um, Well, actually, price factors in. But um, actually, I just butchered that. You see why I'm not an economist. But, but long story short, oh, yeah, and then the, the final point you had, what if a famous celebrity talked about it? And that's basically, that is an explanatory variable, but it's how would you quantify that? So that's, that's kind of what you could, yeah, you could maybe have fun about it, right? you could actually maybe think about some way you could actually quantify that like you could just have a counter like how many times has this strain been referenced in media
1: you could you could look at sales um or tests uh, over time and if you have a suddenly a strain spikes then probably there was some event like a mention Ooh,
0: yeah uh, this is once again imperfect but like I said, I, it's a starting point right You could do something like like Google Trends uh, you know just try to see if you know blue dream or Gelato is trending. <laughs>
2: like, um... Yeah, the data spread is infinite. you could I love this about uh, the data science is this is a great example of how it can go infinitely we can just keep crawling for more and more information. And so my mind is like, oh yeah, we could get hashtags, we could scrape social media and network that out and have influencers have different like rating ratios for their levels of influence and other things like that. And that of course would be very productive, but also incredibly difficult uh, to to gather and manage and then mesh into this.
0: Good point. And that's right. You can't control for everything under the sun. And my my comment on that is that's why we have to think scientifically. We really actually should begin with the hypothesis. So it's basically you should have some sort of like hypothesis. So maybe that's what you should all brainstorm about is, you know, what could potentially be a reason to explain the these popular strains? And so then caleb you you had the idea like oh maybe it's price so then you go try to get the price data so it's it's basically you don't just go off to get data for data's sake you first get your hypothesis then collect the data and then you know test your hypothesis so so i love it we've got a few hypotheses to test right we can get price data Maybe some sort of popularity measure, and then I'm going to be thinking of my own hypotheses for, you know, why in the world is medical, like why are the medical popular strains different? Um, So ton, hopefully, most importantly, let me just hear. I'll just give you the, the 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 rough link and you'll have to, to dig down. Um, it's basically season three number 132. But the data is there on GitHub. so I encourage you all to get this data set into your hands and take a look at it yourself. You know this was just the first slice and dice of the data, but hopefully there's something I missed that you could find and once again, Augment this with other data sets and that could open up a lot of doors on that note, thank you all for coming. Thanks for bringing your brilliant ideas. Some really, really, really good ideas today. Thank you immensely for helping advance cannabis science.